Today we're reading two scripture passages. The first is from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 17, verses 20, uh, 20b. Jesus told them, I tell you the truth, if you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would happen. Nothing would be impossible. And our second reading is Psalm 100. Shout triumphantly to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with celebration. Come before him with shouts of joy. Know that the Lord is God. He made us. We belong to him. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanks. Enter his courtyards with praise. Thank him. Bless his name. Because the Lord is good, his loyal love lasts forever. His faithfulness lasts generation after generation. This is the word of God for all of us. Thanks be to God. I ask you please to pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O God. Thou our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When was a time that you felt you really belonged? That you were in your place, a place you were known and to which you belonged? One of my earliest memories of faith came in my childhood uh, at my childhood church, First Methodist Church of Whittier, California. I remember being in the Christian ed wing. For some reason, my parents weren't with me. It must have been between Sunday school and worship. I'm not sure. But I was walking alone down a hallway. I was probably six or seven years old. And I remember a couple looking at me, kind of pointing to me and saying, that's Dick and Mary's daughter, isn't it? And I remember thinking, yes, I'm Dick and Mary's daughter, and feeling known. It didn't matter to me that they didn't know my first name. It was a big church, just like this is a big church. Not all the, you know, the adults can't possibly know all the kids' names. But they recognized me, and I belonged there. That just brief moment in the hallway gave me that sense of belonging to my congregation, to my parents, Over time, as my faith matured, I came to understand that that belonging to family and belonging to my church came first from a sense of belonging to God, that that rootedness in God is first, that that is the deepest belonging we have. In our Christian faith, we receive our deep sense of belonging in our baptism. In our baptism, God names and claims us and says, that one, they're mine. That one belongs to me, and each person baptized receives spiritual gifts given by the Holy Spirit, how God will work through that person uh, throughout the years of that person's life. Baptism is a deep sense of rootedness, of belonging to the body of Christ. We become, those baptized, become Jesus' hands and feet in the world. In the sense of the body of Christ, we are talking about the body of Christians throughout the world. But we also live out our experience as the body of Christ in a local congregation. 
Today, we have many guests, but also many of you have chosen this congregation to be the place in which you live out your faithfulness. Your belonging to the body of Christ is held in this community of people, and this is your local rootedness to your belonging to God as a, a kind of earthly version of our spiritual belonging to God, who is in heaven and everywhere. How powerful it is to know that we belong to God. And we need that because we don't always feel that we belong. My sense of belonging at my home church meant extra to me because I didn't always feel I belonged at school. I was a really klutzy kid. I was that last one chosen for the team's kid. You know, kind of quirky sense of humor. I didn't always feel I fit in. But when I went to church, I felt I belonged. I might be in other places, even in my family sometimes, and think, do I really belong here? <laughs> but at church, yeah, there I belonged. It gave me that awareness of belonging in God. And I bet most of us here know what it's like to feel like we don't belong. Maybe we're unemployed or retiree, and we're in a setting where people are talking about their jobs and how important their work is, and we feel like we don't have anything to contribute. Or maybe you're a mother and you feel like you're just barely holding it together and you're surrounded by these super moms who somehow can do everything and you feel so inadequate around that. Or maybe it's Mother's Day and you're glad to be here on Mother's Day, but maybe you're grieving because you're not a mother. Or maybe your relationship with your mom has been challenging and so there's a, a tenderness, a, a kind of ouch to the day. Maybe you are single or a widow or widower and you feel like everywhere you go it's all couples and you feel like you don't fit in, you don't belong. There are so many settings and situations in which we can feel like we don't belong and it's so important to remember where our belonging is held. Our belonging is held in God. God is the one to whom we belong. I love Psalm 100. It's one of my favorite of the Psalms. Those of you who have taken Disciple One will remember the week that you memorized Psalm 100. And I remember practicing. We were using the New Revised Standard Version and Disciple. And I remember practicing over and over again that version of it and getting, you know, caught up in, or stuck at different parts of the translation. It was wonderful as a Disciple One class to say together Psalm 100 as we memorized it, as we put it in our hearts. And we tend to think of Psalm 100 as a psalm of praise, which of course it is. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. That's the, King, that's the New Revised Standard Version. Or shout triumphantly to the Lord is the common English. This is a praise song, and it ends with that declaration of who God is. Uh, for his steadfast love endures forever, his faithfulness to all generations. God is faithful. God is steadfast. God is trustworthy and the name of God is love. But the key to this psalm is that middle verse. Know that, the, know that we belong to God. Know that the Lord, it is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. Or as the common English says, we belong to God. That sense of belonging, knowing God, having our belonging with God, then shifts everything else in our lives. 
Once we have God first in our life and know our sense of belonging comes from God, our anxiety about other forms of belonging is decreased. We don't need to be so anxious about belonging to other things or other groups. Yes, those other belongings are important to us. It's important to belong, to do work with nonprofit groups, or we may have a sense of belonging with our schools, or we may have a sense of belonging with our sports teams. Those are all important parts of belonging. Even our belonging to our families comes after our belonging to God. Now, I know that sounds like heresy on Mother's Day. <laughs> I, may, I may be in trouble after this service. But our best mothers know that God may make a claim on their children's life that isn't where you would have wanted your kid to go. And that claim by God comes first. The best mothers know that and have to release their children for how God is going to work through them in ways they may not have wanted or predicted. That belonging in God becomes the basis of who we are and it releases us from other kinds of clinging and anxiety. When we know our rootedness in God, we don't need to chase after other forms of belonging. We don't need to buy our way into feelings of being impressive or important because our identity is held in God. When we are held in God and known in God, we are freed to be generous, to release, to give, to support other ministries because we know that we are held in the arms of a generous God. This spring, we've begun praying a new prayer, our breakthrough prayer. Uh, we pray at 7.07 in the morning or 7.07 at night, and we ask the Holy Spirit to break through into our lives and into our church. We are asking God for a breakthrough from the Spirit. In many ways, this spring breakthrough prayer is a continuation of the prayer we prayed at the beginning of the capital campaign. Lord, what would you do through me? Both of those are prayers asking God to work in ways where we don't dictate the outcome. We just say, okay, God, what do you want to do here? We are open to it. And so I'd like to reflect upon our capital campaign time as an example of how God has worked powerfully in our congregation. Three and a half years ago, we were carrying a debt of just under $1.7 million dollars. We were paying a monthly mortgage of over $10,000 every month out of our operating budget. Pay, spending that much money on debt service was crippling us. There was so much we could not do in ministry because so much money was going out trying to manage our debt. We knew it had to stop. And so our leaders gathered and made a commitment to do a capital campaign together. And we hired a consultant, Reverend Dustin Cooper, from Horizon Stewardship, and we began to work. And that work began with, Lord, what would you do through me? We knew that it was a debt reduction campaign. We knew that that would be challenging work. But we trusted that God would act. And as we look back on this time, there are all these miracle stories of ways that God worked beyond our imagining. There was a couple, new, I don't even think they had joined the church yet, who were invited to one of our advanced gifts gatherings. At the beginning, before they got there, they thought they might give one or two thousand dollars. But as they heard the witness of others at the advanced gifts, they realized, no, we want to do more than that. And they made a pledge of ten thousand dollars. One of our most remarkable stories coming out of the capital campaign is that of Al and Leanne Mowbray. 
Alan Leanne Mowbray in the fall of 2014 knew that we were going to have an office position opening up. And they came to us and asked if it would be okay if they took that position and then didn't receive the money, having the money instead go to the capital campaign. And so Alan Leanne Mowbray worked for us. They job shared for a year in a part-time position, and all the money that would have gone to them as wages instead went to the capital campaign. How's that for creative financing? It's, it's a miracle story. That's, that's one of the stories Dustin now takes on the road when he speaks to other churches. What a beautiful expression of trust in God and of generosity. We have seen people move away from this area and still send money back to complete their pledge because they believe so much in this, in this ministry. Another fruit of this ministry is a non-financial fruit, but equally important. We are a large church. We are one congregation with four worship expressions. Here at Alpine, we worship at 8, 9.30, and 11. At our south site, our masters, we, we worship at 9.30. You know, with four different services, it's really easy for us to be strangers to one another, not to know the other parts of the body. But all four services were represented in the planning team of the capital campaign. And one of the things we witnessed in watching that team work together was this spirit of unity break out in ways that I had not seen during my years here. A sense of ownership and belonging that drew us more closely to one another as people from different worship services got to know one another, got to develop friendships and connections. It was beautiful to watch that unexpected fruit of the capital campaign through this ministry. At the beginning of this process, Dustin warned us, debt reduction campaigns are really hard. He warned us that you have to really work hard to try to get 90% in. That would be a real accomplishment. Uh, and so back when we were getting started in 2015, I was imagining that in the spring of 2018, I would be biting my nails, hoping we'd get to 90%. That was what I was imagining would happen. And yet you all have responded in such remarkable and generous ways through one-time gifts, through giving every week, all varieties of giving. It's been unbelievable watching the, the funds come in. And as we shared, we received 100% in January. Friends, that doesn't happen. <laughs> Believe me, debt reduction campaigns receiving the full amount ahead of time, it's a miracle. It's an unbelievable story of how God has worked in our midst. And I also want to say that there have been a variety of gifts to this campaign. Some of you were not able to contribute to it financially. That's just fine. You, you contributed through your prayers, and you contributed through your volunteer service, and we really appreciate it. All of those gifts together have been our participation in belonging in God, which has led us to this miracle. In just a moment, I want to share with you the total amount that has come in as of this past Thursday. But before that, I want to say something very clearly. When we celebrate the conclusion of this three-year campaign, we're not saying, yay us. This isn't all about what we have done. This is a story of what God has done. This would not have happened without the power of the Holy Spirit, which has given us that rooted sense of belonging, which has freed us up to be generous, which has nudged us toward uh, completing our pledges and giving even beyond our pledges.
This is a God thing. This is an amazing gift which we have been given. And we need to pause and thank God for it.